Because not only does it have the announcements, but then it has the prayer list on the back. And so you want to be praying for the people on the prayer list. And we appreciate uh, all of that. Isn't it great to be in the house of the Lord on a Sunday morning? Amen. And you know, here it is. Uh, it's the next to the last Sunday in January. And I don't think we've seen uh, 15 flakes so far. I'm not going to say the other word. <laughs> I'm gonna, no, no, don't say it out loud. Don't jinx it. We're going to ask our ushers to come forward for our morning tithes and offerings. You give as the Lord directs, and I know, I know he'll bless you for it. The Bible says in the Gospel of Luke, chapter number 18 and verse number 27, these things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Aren't you glad we serve a God, the God of the impossible? Amen? The God of the impossible. Willie, you ask God's blessing on the offering this morning.
I've got a friend Closer than a brother There is no judgment Oh, how he loves me I've got a friend And he is my strength He is my portion He's with me in the valley, He's with me in the fire, He's with me in the storm. Let all my life testify, hallelujah, we are not alone. God God really loves us, hallelujah, oh praise my soul, God really loves us, God really loves us, His mercy's enough. His grace is sufficient So come if you're needing Forgiveness or healing His mercy is enough Oh, and this is our hope The cross it has spoken Death is no more And Christ is the Lord Oh, this is our hope
what a father he is. So many things to us. This morning, we're in his house to just worship him for all of those things. That's him. He's stopping by this morning. I hope that you recognize what that song's talking about. Like their nature's recognizing who he is. John the Baptist is recognizing who he is. When he comes by, I hope that you recognize yeah. that yeah. that's him. Yeah. And boy, he's meeting with us this morning. And boy, we're just so glad that you're with us. I want Carol to sing this song. It just means the world to me. And uh, it does kind of go along with the message as well. But if we need, if you need to come, our altars are never closed. We want you to pray. We want you to pray with each other. We want you to worship this morning. Uh, and just uh, listen to the Holy Spirit, what he tells you to do.
Turn with me, if you would, in your Bibles this morning to Acts, the book of Acts, Acts of the Apostle, chapter, chapter number 10. I know you might have forgotten, but on Sunday mornings, when it was my opportunity to preach, I've been moving through the book of Acts. Sunday nights and Wednesday nights, when I've been preaching, I've been going through the Minor Prophets. We just finished up Hosea, and we'll start in Joel. And, uh, but this morning we'll be in the book of Acts chapter number 10. And uh, we're thankful that the Lord gives us opportunity to preach and preach through the word of God. We believe that's important. We believe that moving through the word of God so that we can see the big picture is important. And that's definitely been helping us. And uh, we might almost need a little bit of recap from uh, Acts. I jumped away from it over the Christmas season, preached some Christmas sermons, but now we're back there again. Uh, And I kind of also had to refresh myself of what I had preached and where we had been. Uh, But we have talked about a a few things. But now we're going to find ourselves in Acts chapter 10. I want to read a few verses at the end of the chapter for our text this morning. But we are going to go back and speak about most of the chapter. And really just uh, uh, almost want to share the narrative and then also... Just a few observations about the people who are involved in it uh, and what that's helping us with this morning. And I believe it has a lot to say about that. But Acts chapter 10, verse number 44. If you'd stand with me as we open up and read the word of God this morning. The Bible says, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because that the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water that these, which, that these should not be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to be in your house this morning. You've already met with us. You've already moved from heart to heart. We pray that that evidence of the Holy Spirit this morning, dear God, uh, would be real in the lives of folks that, uh, that needed it here this morning, that needed help from you. Uh, that needed some strength and some encouragement along the way. Dear God, we pray also that that evidence of the Holy Spirit would be real to the one who came in this morning and they don't know Christ as their Savior. And maybe they would say there's something different that is moving in this place today. Uh, And dear God, I pray that we could help introduce them to Jesus Christ, introduce them to the Holy Spirit that makes manifest and makes known Jesus Christ and who He is. Dear God, you know what's been on my heart this week. You know what you've laid on my heart to preach this morning. Dear God, I believe with all of my heart that you have absolutely fit fit it for this hour. You you put this together. So, dear God, I pray that you would use it. Help us to be careful with your word this morning. Help us to be clear. Help us to, to just open it up and speak what the word of God is saying to us this morning. We'll praise you for every part of it. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. When I come to the end of the chapter, it is concluding some things, but we really do need to go back and, as it were, go to verse number 1. When we go to verse number 1 of Acts chapter number 10, uh, we're going to start to get the idea of the story altogether. Uh, and as I said, there's, a, there's stories in chapter number 10, and you already looked at it. There's 48 verses. It's a a long chapter that goes through several things, oftentimes we break them up and we deal with them uh, in different sections. But I want us to deal with the whole thing. And so in verse number one, it says, there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. Cornelius is the man and his household that he speaks about that they're talking about in verse number 44 that Paul says, look, or yeah, uh, that Peter says, look, they have received the Holy Ghost 
and we think they ought to get baptized. And uh, you might be going, why is this such a big deal? Why does this matter? What is going on here? Well, that's what is really so important about this passage of Scripture. Cornelius is not a Jewish man. And when we look at this passage of Scripture, Peter uh, and the disciples and the apostles, they have pretty much up until this point spoken to the Jewish people about Jesus Christ. They've shared with them about Jesus Christ, but now God is going to open up new doors for them to walk through, new places for them to go. And that's what this is all about here. Cornelius, he's an Italian guy. Uh, you can take that whatever you want, good, bad, or indifferent. I don't know how you feel about the Italians. But anyway, hopefully it's good, amen, because Cornelius got saved, amen. But anyway, so uh, here we have Cornelius, and uh, he's not a Jewish man. And he wants to hear this, and we read a little bit about him. He's a good man. A man that's been looking to pray to God. A man that's given to alms. That means he gives to the poor. And he really is trying to do what is right. And the Bible says that he receives a vision. You go through and read all of this. An angel comes to him specifically and he says, Listen, I want you to send three men down to where Peter's staying. Peter is staying down in Joppa in the, town of, or in the house of one Simon the Tanner. And I want you to go down there and send those men and ask for Peter to come and be with you at your house. Now, when we read this stuff, there's lots of things that we could talk about. There's lots of things with the culture. Peter would not normally go to the house of a man who was a Gentile. That would not normally be his mode of operation. But what we find out when we read the scriptures is that Peter is sitting on the roof one day because he's really hungry and he's waiting for him to cook dinner downstairs. And while he's up on the roof, he falls into a deep sleep. As a matter of fact, Acts calls it a trance. And as he's there, he sees a sheet coming down from heaven with all of these animals and all of these things that, that, that he would never touch. But the Bible says that God said to him, arise, kill, and eat. That's a great verse, isn't it? Arise, kill, and eat. All you hunters should love that verse. Amen? You have a biblical commandment to go out and hunt. There you go. Arise early in the morning, kill it, but you better eat it. Amen? There you go. So here they go, and he says, Peter, get up and eat it. And Peter says, I've never tasted any of that stuff. And God says, do not call what I have prepared common or unclean. The Bible says that this vision came to him three times. It came to him three times. And then Peter is sitting on the roof going, what in the world does that mean? And the, the Holy Spirit starts to open his eyes and saying, listen, there's going to be men that are going to come to get you. There's going to be three men come to get you. You need to go with them. And it starts to unfold in Peter's mind what God is doing and what he's saying. And so he goes to a house he would normally not go to because the Holy Spirit spoke to him and the Holy Spirit uh, is moving in his heart and in his life. And so he goes to a place he wouldn't normally go and he shares the gospel with them. And as he shares the gospel with them, the power of the, I love this. I, I'm getting excited already. I love that the power of the gospel is so powerful that a man like Cornelius and his household that have been seeking God and looking for God, the Bible says they don't even utter a word. They don't bow the knee and pray. They don't come down and shake the preacher's hand and say, Peter, what, you know, what do I need to pray? The Bible just says the Holy Ghost poured out on them because they were ready to receive what God had for them. And they get saved born again, bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. It's applied to them, and the Holy Spirit starts to help them speak in tongues. And I'm not going to talk about all that this morning. We can have a deeper conversation later. But here he is, and it is evident that they are Holy Ghost filled. And that's where we get to where Peter says, they ought to be baptized, right? And the Bible says that every Jewish person that came with Peter is like, yep, let's baptize them. Because they have received the Holy Ghost. God has done a work in their life. It's a beautiful passage of Scripture. And this morning I just want to do a couple of things. And I hope that if you weren't familiar with that story, maybe it'll help it put it into context. If you were familiar, I hope you heard, liked hearing that story again. Because I like telling it. Amen? 
and the Bible's still good for us. Amen? And you know what we know from preaching the Word of God? That if we don't give a clear account of what is going on in the Scripture, we're going to make bad application to the Scripture. Did you know that? That's important for us here, just so you know that. We want to make sure that we are clearly stating what's going on so that we make the proper application to Scripture. So I want you to think about that whole story. Here we've got Cornelius over here. And I just want you to think about him just for a moment. I don't have a lot of points. I really have a little outline on Cornelius. I have a little outline on Peter. And then we're going to bring it to a conclusion. And I want you to think about this this morning. And the application, it could not be easier, but it also, in my humble opinion, could not be more powerful. If we look at Cornelius, he is a man that is seeking God in his daily life. If you go back, the Bible says in verse number two, we already read it, a devout man, one that feared God with all his house, and he gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. This is a man that is looking for God in all aspects of his life. This is beautiful. He's looking for God in his private life, his devout life, praying to God, looking for him. He's looking for God in his public life in that he's giving and trying to be a blessing to those around there. He is praying and calling out to God. He's a pretty good guy, wouldn't you say? Yeah. You know, a lot of times you probably go to church and the preacher starts to preach and tells you what a rotten, low-down, no-good sinner you are, right? You ever heard that preaching too? Well, we are that, but also, you know what? There's some folks in here that by the world standards, you're some pretty good people, aren't we? You're probably looking around and be like, you know, I do pretty good. I'm an okay guy. Everything's all right with who I am. And that's really where he was. But the thing, not only was he seeking, but here's something that's important. There was something that was missing in his relationship with God. He had a partial understanding of what it meant to know God. Now listen, this is not his fault at this point, okay? This is not his fault at this point. Because if you think about everything that's going on, I'm not even sure if word about Jesus Christ had even reached him yet. He might have heard that there was this man, but the actual idea of men like Peter that would open up the scriptures and show that this man, Jesus, is the son of the living God, I think that has not been brought to light to him yet. He has not heard that message yet. And so he has a gap in his understanding. He just, it's not that there's anything necessarily wrong with how he's living. It's not that there's anything uh, uh, that he's a bad person. And it's definitely not that he's not a smart or intelligent person. He is a centurion. He has responsibility. He has capability. All of these things are real about him. But the problem is, is there's just a gap in what he knows about Jesus Christ. And that's super important. Because what we think and what we know and what we believe about Jesus Christ makes all the difference. It really does. I don't care how good of a person you are. I don't care how much you give to the poor. I don't care how much works you do. I don't care how much you pray to the living God. What really matters is what you know and what you believe about Jesus Christ. That's why here at this place, what we do is preach Jesus Christ, him crucified, him dead, him buried, risen again, and living, making intercession for the believer. We believe that his atoning death, that means that his sacrificial death for your sins pays the price for our sins. We believe that's all important. We believe that he's all God and all man. We believe that he was 100% divine, but yet 100% human. You say, how does that happen? I just believe it. I don't know. I believe it. By faith, I put my faith and trust in this. I believe that he walked and talked 
and moved on this earth for 33 years. That's why I get excited when I hear a song like That's Him. And you think about those little things so poetically that the winds and the waves were recognizing that the God of all glory was walking upon this earth. Uh, and even though nature was uh, absolutely, uh, uh, had to listen and obey everything that he'd said, when he stands up, he can tell the wind, he can tell the ocean exactly what to do because he is the Lord of all glory walking this earth. That is him. And I'm thankful to tell you as well, just like the song tells us, that one day he is coming back again. And those of us that are born and bought by the blood of Jesus Christ will recognize him and say, that's him, and we will be like him. We'll be like him. It's important what we believe about Jesus Christ. It's important what we know about Jesus Christ. And he had a gap in that. But boy, was he looking. And isn't it wonderful that the Lord, for those that are looking, that he doesn't leave them alone. He sent an angel. This is a miraculous event. He sends an angel to speak to him. But I do want you to notice this. The angel comes and speaks to him, and you know what he needs to do? He needs to obey. And you know what I love about this passage of Scripture? He does exactly what the angel tells him to do. Here's a man that's searching for the answers, and, and he's searching for God's heart, and maybe he doesn't even know that he needs more information yet. But this one thing he does know is he wants to be obedient to God. And so when God tells him to go and send three men to the house of Simon the Tanner, he says, okay. He says, I'm not even sure. He's like, it's a little confusing story. Go down to Simon the Tanner and look for Simon Peter. And he's like, okay, whatever you say. There he sends him down. He obeyed. Now I want us to look at Peter real quick. I like this. I love this so much. When we go down here, the Bible tells us, uh, and I want you to jump down with me in verse number 17. Verse number 17. Now, while Peter doubted in himself what this vision which he had seen should mean, behold, the men which were sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood at the gate. I want you to go back and think about that. So we've got a couple of things here. Verse no, number uh, one, Peter is not sure what this vision means. You know, sometimes it's just we're seeking, you know, this is him. He's trying to follow God as well. We're just not sure what God is doing. That is so true. God does things in a completely different way than we could ever imagine. But the Bible says, while Peter, verse number 19, while Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. Arise therefore and get thee down and go with them, doubting nothing. For I have sent them. Listening and being ready for the Holy Spirit to speak to us in what he's doing. You know, one of the things that's a little bit unusual about this passage of scripture is we're dealing with men and we're dealing with people who didn't have the full revelation of the word of God in their hands yet. And so what they are dealing with is the word of God is coming to them in really practical ways. And it's showing up just like that. But here the word of God comes to Peter and he's looking at it and thinking about it and going, this is just not making sense to me. And instead of leaving it alone, he thinks about it, he ponders it, and you're going to know if you've been around here at all, the word that I love, he meditates on what is God doing. God brings him a miraculous answer through the Holy Spirit. So Paul absolutely, or Peter, excuse me, is absolutely, he's, he's just right there. Now notice this, Peter though, unlike Cornelius, Peter has the words of eternal life. Peter has already preached them on the day of Pentecost. Peter has preached several times to uh, all types of different groups. Peter has the information that Cornelius needs. And then thirdly, I want you to notice this, and I'm almost coming to the conclusion, Peter this will be a shocker to you. He obeyed God. He obeyed God. He got up and he did what God asked him to do. Cornelius gets up and does what God asked him to do. Peter gets up and does what God is asking him to do. 
Now, here's my conclusion. Here's what I think is so wonderful about this and doesn't need to be missed today. That God is in the business of putting people who are looking for the answers and searching for it and, and, and have a desire to know God, he is in the business of putting those people together with people who have the correct information about who Jesus is. I hope you're picking that up this morning. You're picking up what I'm putting down. If you are here this morning and you don't know Christ as your Savior and maybe your, maybe your information about Jesus Christ is a little limited, not to your own fault or not because that you're you know, sm uh, not smarter, and maybe even in your life you've been trying to live in a good way with a, uh, you know, a good path and do good to other people. And I hate to be so blunt and so bold this morning, but I will from this pulpit. Living good is not enough to put you in a right relationship with God. We need to know the healing power of the work of the blood of Jesus Christ applied to our life. There's lots of good people out there. There's lots of great people who, uh, who do good things and maybe even talk about God. But if they do not know who Jesus Christ is, and I, what I mean when I say that is who he is in his fullness, then they will not enter into heaven. Eternal life is not for them. It matters. But God is in the business of putting people together who, for whatever reason, are looking and searching. I don't want to embarrass anybody this morning, but I'm going to tell a little bit of a story, okay? So we have some, uh, and I don't want to, some of you are going to know who I'm talking about, and I'm just going to tell the story because it's a good enough story, okay? We got a large family in our church, okay? A big family, right? Hey, how y'all doing? This absolutely is wonderful to me. They're a part of our church because another family, now listen at this, found their dog. Isn't that right? Isn't that how it happened? Yeah. They found their dog. They found their dog, and they went and did a lot of searching to make sure that the dog, and it's a long kind of story, like they went here, they went there, and, you know, they're following the clues like Nancy Drew to go get this dog back to its owner, you know? When they do all of that, this family that's been faithful to our church forever, right? Forever. They've been faithful, loving the Lord. They meet this family. And this family, a good family, right? But they needed something, right? Needed something a little bit more. And you know what? They came to this place. And I remember that Sunday night, like I'll remember it for the rest of my life. And I just kept dunking Dewey's. Amen? <laughs> I couldn't resist. Sorry. And a dog, a lost dog, is the tool that God uses to bring a family to come and get in church, hear the gospel, get saved, because God's in the business. You might be like, well, God's not going to send me a vision. He might send you a dog. <laughs> Listen, folks, God's a whole lot bigger than we know. God, he wants us to obey. And there's some of us in here, and we've got all the information. Matter of fact, we spend time with the Savior every day. We know what it means to be born again. We have the words of eternal life. And we need to obey and go and tell those folks who are good people. They really are. There's just something missing in there. And if I obey, and if they obey... God wants to see people miraculously saved by the wonderful grace of God. Maybe you stumbled into this place this morning. Hey, he's been here. I can tell you who he is. There's nothing I would love more than to open up my Bible and share that with you. I would, I would love to do it. I would just love to share that with you. There's people all over here that want to share that with you. This morning, I know for me, though, this did hit me, too. 
How many times do I miss those opportunities when I just don't? Hey, Christian in here, let's be obedient to the call that God has put on our life. We are to be witnesses. Witnesses. As you go back through here, as a matter of fact, that's exactly what Peter says. He's like, listen, I'm going to share with you what we witnessed about Jesus Christ, what I saw him do. I know he can do it for you. And then if you're here this morning and you just don't know, just don't know what, it, what does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to follow Christ? What does it mean to be born again or to be saved? What does it mean to have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Man, it means everything is what it means to me. We'd love to share it with you this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, oh, we love your word. I really love it when I open it up and I see the message played out in the very church that I get to worship in. It does my heart so good. And yet I believe, God, that you want to do it again. God, help us this morning. Be with this invitation. Use it in a mighty way. We praise you for what you have done. We praise you for what you will do. In your holy name we pray. Amen. As we stand and they'll sing, if you need to come this morning, come. Pray with us. How deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all that he would give his only son to make a wretch his treasure how great the pain of searing loss the father turns his face wounds which mar the chosen one bring many sons to glory behold the man upon the cross my sin upon his shoulders Ashamed, I hear my mocking voice call out among the scoffers. It was my sin that held him there until it was a Dying breath has brought